right before the game started and they were showing the starting goalies, it's like, on the one hand, you've got Marc-Andre Fleury, who, you know, has a goals against average of one point something or other so far in the playoffs. And it's like, and then on the other side, Craig Anderson and the, the graphic they flash up is like, has not won in Pittsburgh since 2012. And it was like, God damn it, Sportsnet. <laughs> is that can good you Hall stop? of Fame? Yeah. Can you, can you just leave us alone for a second? You know, now you have to talk about the system for the next week, so eat it. <laughs> you dyed it in red. Remember Todd White? Where did Eric Carlson eat last night? It doesn't matter if you ask. It's the Chet and Luke Podcast. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode Chiernik of the Chet Sellers and Luke Peristi podcast. I'm Luke, and I'm joined as always by my friend and member of the Professional Hater Writers Association. It's Chet Sellers. <laughs> How you doing, man? Pleasure to be here. I'm doing love great. Love the show. I'm glad you love the show. Chet Sellers, how are you feeling right now? You know, I'm feeling pretty good. I don't uh, like to show a lot of emotional vulnerability on the podcast, as you know, but uh, mm -hmm. we're taping this on Sunday morning after the Senators played pretty much a perfect road game to win game one of, believe it or not, the Eastern Conference Finals. And I'm starting to get a little bit worried for the first time that they might actually do this. <laughs> One of our great rivals in hockey, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I got to say, Chet Sellers, this is a team I do not care for. <laughs> I am not the biggest fan of the Pittsburgh Penguins emotionally or spiritually for a couple of reasons. One is I think the Senators have now played them five times in the playoffs in the last six months, it feels like. And quite apart from that, there's just not a lot to like about the team, their players or their fans. <laughs> exactly. That's all we dislike is just everything about them. Yeah, I mean, um, it's not, you know, it's not really a complicated story. There's just simply nothing likable about the Pittsburgh Penguins at all. They're a franchise that, you know, wasn't doing that great until they just magically won a bunch of lotteries in a row. Do you know what's going on there? And now suddenly <laughs> they're popular. I don't I don't get it. There are people who, you know, root for Sidney Crosby because they want the best to be the best. You know, like they want to see, the, you know, somebody like Tiger Woods win as many majors as possible. They want to see somebody like Wayne Gretzky or Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid win as many Stanley Cups as possible. And to that, I would say, um, what's the word I'm looking for? F that. <laughs> He's won enough. I don't need to see him win anything else. I don't need to root for, like, Exxon. <laughs> I would yeah. rather cheer for, you know, the little guy who happens to have Jean-Gabriel Peugeot on his team. But best of luck in future endeavors, Sidney Crosby. <laughs> oh, man. And speaking of Pittsburgh, I got to say, that arena... Okay, first of all, the name of the arena, and like maybe coming from Ottawa, like arena name shade isn't you know a good look, but still the PPG Paints Arena. <laughs> Do they call it the Can? Yeah. <laughs> what, right? what is that? Somewhere in Pennsylvania, there's a family that's like, you know, we're a DuPont family. We can't go see the Penguins anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's probably true. I was trying to get into. Uh, 
the fact that that arena was quiet. <laughs> it was it was very yellow and it was very quiet. In yeah, there. like it's just a bunch of people who were in town for a free shirt and was like, oh, I'll stick around for the hockey game. <laughs> Why not? Black, and yellow, they, and quiet. Like a bee that's not doing well at work at all, <laughs> but he doesn't really know how to tell his family that he won't be taking them on vacation uh, with a bonus this year. That's what it was like. So we've got this weird arena filled with glory boy front-running fans who are just there because they heard that Sidney Crosby was good. And they just <laughs> won the cup last year, and they're in the conference final, and they're playing Ottawa. And Ottawa's just smothering the game. There is no vibe whatsoever. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, yes! <laughs> this is perfect! <laughs> well, look, I don't doubt that there's hardcore hockey fans in, in Pittsburgh and have been for a long time. Like, I'm sure they've got a good base of solid, knowledgeable fans. They also have a lot of people that leave games early if they're down to the Capitals. They have a lot of people that seem to get really deathly quiet if the Penguins are trailing by even one goal in a game one. A single goal. One <laughs> goal, know? by the like, way. Like, it apparently doesn't take that much to take a, a good portion of that building out of it, which just warms my hater heart so much. And I hope that it continues, and I hope that they continue to pay a lot for tickets and continue not to get their money's worth. Although, apparently, for a lot of those people, money's worth is watching the Penguins dominate, win a game 4 nothing, and march to your second uh, Stanley Cup in two years and your third in five or six. So, screw those people. They've had enough success. Maybe we're being mean right now, and you know we shouldn't knock the fact that it was bringing your own knitting night at PPG Paints Arena. Um, I like that lady. I like knitting lady. You know what? She's going to... You pay for your seat. You can use it any way you want. This is the scene. It's a quiet arena. Um, somehow, the Penguins had, I believe, 12 power plays in the first period. It, it, you know, for all we talk about, the Senators came out and played a perfect road game. It was pretty ugly in that first period in terms of the penalties they were taking. It really like they, were, was. they were killing them off really effectively, but uh, I was just kind of like not another one for all the penguins they're injured on defense they've still got enough like talent in the forward core that you don't want to have to kill too many penalties against that team and yet through it all the senators do kill penalties and then let's be frank here hater of the year nominee jean gabriel <laughs> peugeot comes through takes a feed from bobby ryan and makes it one nothing ottawa i mean at this point like jean gabriel peugeot is going to get nominated for Con Smythe by people who don't like Eric Carlson. This is the point where like some old school management team is going to like overpay for Jean Gabriel Peugeot in the uh, in the off season. <laughs> well, I fear that we're going to overpay for Jean Gabriel Peugeot. Counterpoint: We can never lose him. Oh, no, I'm just saying, like four million dollars a year, probably worth it to upset every Habs fan for the rest of his natural life. I think it's I think it's a fair deal. You know who already has a big contract and has also been having big playoffs? Who's that? It's your boy, Bobito Ryan. <laughs> Bobby Ryan, uh, who, let's be honest, is not the fastest skater on the ice most of the time, <laughs> managed to get a breakaway, get behind the defense, not get caught immediately, and score top-shelf backhand, uh, which was <laughs> caused me to run around my house like a maniac for about 20 minutes. I... I'm not sure how you can give up a breakaway to Bobby Ryan. He's not exactly Michael Grabner back there. Um, no, he's not. Not, he... not known for his speed, though, I think I would say. <laughs> 
he skates like Thomas the Tank Engine going uphill. Like he's it's he's got that chugging stride. Uh, he is moving his arms like he's you know doing like a soft shoe routine, uh, just chugging away, chugging away, and usually can't get that much of a head of steam before someone takes the puck from him. Yeah, Bobby Ryan is Thomas the Tank Engine, where you're like you know I love the old school romanticism of your game, but I can see why Diesel will eventually replace you. <laughs> um, he is like Thomas the Tank engine and that he has a lot of strength but takes a while to get up speed uh ringo star is there <laughs> <laughs> is bobby ryan on the same hater wave as pajot at this point do you do you have a hater of the year shortlist at the moment on the ottawa senators <laughs> certainly uh peugeot is probably your front runner for hater of the year don't sleep on eric carlson though eric carlson aside from dominating every game he's played so far is also the one that went out and just said casually oh and by the way i'm doing this on one foot like normally you you reveal that after but to basically reveal it before and then continue to dominate that's some pretty uh that's some pretty hater ass stuff right there too it was like, I don't get enough credit for the fact that I just ruined an entire Boston team myself. So let me just point out that, like, one foot here, people. Yeah, you know how, all your, def- you know how all your defensemen were hurt? Didn't stop me. <laughs> but, I mean, no matter how far the Senators go in these playoffs, and no matter how many overtime goals Bobby Ryan scores, you're still going to have people saying, no, thanks for that, Bobby, but we still need to expose you and hope that Vegas takes you in the draft. Bobby Ryan raising the Stanley Cup, and the takes are immediately... Like, oh, Vegas has to take him now. <laughs> yeah. If you could just if you could just hand that cup off and, and just start packing up your stuff. We're very happy that you, A, have won us the Stanley Cup, and B, increased your value to the point where Vegas will take that contract off our hands. So if you could just, uh, yeah, just hand the cup over. And uh, no, again, thank you. Thank you again. Uh, but if you could just call your realtor, that would be, uh, yeah, no, uh, hand it over anytime. Uh, and again, thank you. But uh, um, your house belongs to Ryan Zingle now, by the way. <laughs> Um, How wonderful would it be to be in a world where you see takes on Twitter like, I'm concerned that Bobby Ryan helping the team win the Stanley Cup (laughs) means they will overestimate his value going forward. Yeah, it's like <laughs> just a just a preemptive heads up, Sens fans. Any Twitter takes that start with "I'm glad the team won the Stanley Cup," but you will be unfollowed by Chet Sellers. <laughs> Uh, I think we, we might be getting a little ahead of ourselves here. But on, I, look, I'm not saying hand, we're not. We, we're absolutely getting ahead of ourselves. I'm just saying now they're close enough to kind of seeing the cup finals that I'm going to be very disappointed if they don't win. Like, I will be legitimately crestfallen at this point if this team can't continue to move on because they can, they can do it. And they did it in game one. Like, they played a perfect game and they made the Penguins look bad. And normally that is absolutely the game that Ottawa loses, right? They're the better rested team and they come out in game one in the first 10 minutes, they're down two nothing and Craig Anderson looks terrible and Eric Carlson is wincing. Like that was as a Sens fan, still the game I expected to watch last night. And instead they came out in game one on the road and did everything they were supposed to do. And Craig Anderson was good and they won the game and they just keep doing that. And, and that's why I'm starting to say I'm going to be disappointed when it ends, if it does. So I don't want it to. Well, I mean, that's the greatest endorsement of the Ottawa Senators I've heard so far this year is that, you know, they've made you believe again. 
You thought that you couldn't be hurt anymore, and now you've just admitted that you can, in fact, be hurt. The senators have brought you back from kind of the emotional distance you are at, and, you know, you're ready to uh, feel pain again. This is the best senators team ever because it's the least senators team ever. That's the way I feel. Like, maybe there's a recency bias involved, but I feel stronger about this team than I did about, you know, the team in 2007 when they were getting ready to face Anaheim. Uh, and we're not at that point yet, so I will I will dial it back uh, a little bit, given that we could be ha- taping this again next weekend and be like, so what uh, What do you think the keys to the uh, 4-1 series loss to the Penguins were? Uh, <laughs> but at least for now, I'm sort of like, this team came out in game one on the road, shut down, you know, probably the best team left in the playoffs and did a convincing enough job that all their hater-ass fans were extremely quiet only to go home and and get on Twitter and talk about how boring the senators were. Well, if they're boring, then, you know, beat them. Yeah, exactly. A bunch of Pittsburgh fans out here like, man, I miss the Trump rallies we used to have. This hockey <laughs> game's no fun. <laughs> this is the worst night I've ever had at the can. <laughs> I did like during the intermissions watching the Sportsnet panel and realizing that these commentators like Nick Kiprios are saying, oh, we're actually going to have to talk about the Ottawa Senators for the next week. And just the look on his face when he was sort of like, well, you know, that's Guy Boucher's system in action for you. Just being like, oh, no, we actually have to talk about one three one hockey for the next week. And we're not going to be able to show a lot of breakaway highlights. And this is going to be like he was like he came both to praise the system and neg it at the same time. Like, <laughs> you know, in terms of how boring he thought it was. And I was like, I don't care that it's boring. It works. Also not that boring. Lest we forget Bobby Ryan ended the game on a break. Away. Even though Ottawa was on the penalty kill for seven hours, they still outshot Pittsburgh and like really dominated the possession at five on five as well. Do you think Pittsburgh is just, you know, a little tired and like still trying to ramp up after a long and emotional series against Washington? Or tell me if you prefer this alternate theory, do you think Pittsburgh is just not that good? <laughs> I think it's a little column A, a little column B, but at the same time, people are saying, oh, it's, you know, to be expected after that tough game seven win against the Capitals. That was on Wednesday, you know, and this was Saturday. They had, the Senators had one more day of rest, but the Pittsburgh Penguins still had three days of rest. Like, I don't really think there's, they were at home, you know, they got to sleep in their own beds for the last three nights. The Senators have been on the road. They're in, you know, the, Pittsburgh Continental or whatever. So mm-hmm. I don't know that it's I don't know that it's necessarily that. I think they will basically have to come out in game two and make some adjustments and figure out the system, which I think, you know, they will be able to do to a certain extent. I don't expect the Senators to dominate as in, you know, in terms of shots and possession as much as they did in game one. Like I think Pittsburgh can adjust, but they are gonna have to do something to avoid, you know, going down O two at home, right? <laughs> which is now the ideal scenario for Ottawa, which is that, you know, you've won one. If you can win both games in their building, like that takes a lot of pressure off coming home. And it's not clear to me how much of Pittsburgh's problems are caused by the fact that they've got something called Brian Dumoulin on their first pairing right now. Um, (laughs) I believe they spent most of game one with a Justin Schultz, Ian Cole first pairing on D. Wow. 
Like, you know what? What we are those? Have, we have roasted the senator's defense for years, right? We've always been like, they are Eric Carlson and not much else, right? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, injuries are one thing. But so far, the Bruins, the Rangers, and now the Penguins, none of these teams have, like, top-to-bottom solid defense scores. Like, <laughs> I'm wondering if we weren't being too hard on the senators uh, in terms of not being, you know... Or even now, when we say Cody Cece make good decisions, like they have Justin Schultz on their first pairing. <laughs> this is kind of like one of my um, theories about the NHL in general is that in reality, there's only 20 good defensemen. If you don't have one of those good defensemen, you just have to like get by with you know a group of flawed individuals and hope you can hope it all comes out in the wash. I mean, if the Senators do make the Cup Finals and end up facing either. Anaheim or Nashville, I think at that point we'll be able to say, oh, yes, this is what a stacked blue line looks like. Uh, But so far, at least in the Eastern Conference, uh, most of these teams have trash defense, of course. I like it. I mean, the reason why they say if you make it in, anything can happen is because anything can happen after you make it in. And, you know, (laughs) sometimes anything is Eric Carlson ascending to a new level of consciousness and sometimes anything is playing a bunch of teams with depleted blue lines (laughs) i'm glad the senators won the stanley cup but (laughs) this just reinforces the misguided anything can happen strategy they've been using for the last several years uh which mostly hasn't worked No, like this is, you know, you can say the stars are aligning for the Senators in terms of the teams they've faced and the players that have been injured on the other side. And all of that is true. But even if you're the best team in hockey, you still have to be lucky to win. So I love this idea that in the court of public opinion, an Ottawa Senators Stanley Cup victory will have this permanent asterisk attached to it, which just says the system was boring. Also, there were no good teams that year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just like a little footnote that says, well, it happened to be kind of a weird window for everybody. Yeah. One question I did want to ask you about that game one win. Uh, how much credit do you give Chris Neal's fight with Tanner Glass in game five of the Rangers series for that game one win in Pittsburgh? This is not a joke. I think that Chris Neal's impact on the game was literally unquantifiable. <laughs> That's how important I think he was. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely say, and, and I think Penns fans would probably agree, this team is not as strong as it was last year when they won the cup. They won the cup. Like, you don't need to repeat. This is the salary cap era, and we don't even spend to it. This is what parody is all about, not repeating as Stanley Cup champions. You know, they don't need to win again. Like, <laughs> Not only that, but if they did win, I feel like their fans would just be like, meh, that's cool. Yeah. And and I don't I'm not I'm not saying that to try to appeal to a sense of fairness. You know, at the end of the day, you still have to win four games out of seven. But the Senators have already won one. I'm not I'm not sure of this, but it's possible. The Pittsburgh Penguins are not that good. I think that's possible. And I think watching the Senators play the system to a T last night gave me hope that even if Pittsburgh figures out some ways to counteract this, that they can be stopped. And maybe this is the team to do it where Washington could pound them with shots, but couldn't stop them offensively. Maybe this is the team. This is the rival that they've been waiting for the system. I mean, we've all watched the Senators lose a bunch of series to, you know, this army of faceless killbots Penguins team in the past. I just don't think this Penguins team is as strong as some of the ones Ottawa has lost to before. And I think this Ottawa team is a bit better than 
a lot of other teams in the past decade. So if there was going to be one time for the Senators to pull this off, this would probably be it. I think you're right. I feel better about this series than I do about any other time they face the Penguins in the playoffs, even with better teams. All right. Well, on that hopeful note, I think we'll leave it there. <laughs> You know, let's not talk ourselves out of a good vibe. We just kind of sit here swirling our haters port in a snifter being like, yeah, it's quite enjoyable, actually. I guess I'll take a, an opportunity to go up to nothing on the road on Monday and uh, we'll just see what happens. You know, just explore the space. Yeah. Why be why be greedy? But at the same time, wouldn't say no to more good things. Exactly. There you go. All right, folks. Well, we'll see you next week and system be with you. <laughs> the system will be with all of us. Later. Who both still live with their moms Breaking the town's local hockey team down With some microphones on No other podcast was finer Or was more of a hit with the big rig diners We never thought they'd make it past episode 5 Whoa, somehow these dudes named Shed and Parisi are alive Whoa, whoa, whoa I don't know how you breakaway in overtime I mentioned that Breakaway. Uh, in overtime. It's uh hearing Bobby Ryan and Breakaway together is like hearing, you know, uh, you know <laughs> uh what what are some other players that don't do things that we can say do things? You know?